Good Thursday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller. It's the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us live in downtown Charlottesville from our building, the Macklin Building, and a town we absolutely love very dearly. We thank our partner, the Clifton, for being a part of the show. The Clifton is a boutique hotel and restaurant and event space in Keswick, Virginia, and it's fantastic. If you have not had an opportunity to dine and, and, and drink at the Clifton, you're missing a food and beverage experience that is second to none in this 300,000-person market. It's a special experience, an experience that will make memories. My wife and I love it for cocktail hour or for date night. The Clifton in Keswick, also weddings and events and a boutique hotel experience of memorable proportions. A lot I want to cover on the show you know, friend of the program, Chris Henry and Stony Point Development Group are undoubtedly in the crossfire. In the crossfire for a expansion project that, you know, I want to cut to the chase, is has been in the works for a long time. And now residents of 10th and Page of West Haven in a community forum that was held on Tuesday evening a couple nights ago at the uh, church across the street from Dairy Market, a church that was purchased by Dairy Market for a wedding and event venue space, um, all hell seemed to break loose. And Chris, the principal of Stony Point, was in the crossfire, and he took the heat. I'm here to kind of unpack what's happened and to look at it through a lens of practicality, a lens of empathy, a lens of common sense, and a lens of what's in store for our future in Charlottesville, a city that's 10.2 square miles and landlocked that has very limited room for future growth, housing, business, you name it. We're landlocked. I want to talk about that on today's program. Johnny Ornalis, Laura Payne, welcome to the show. I have more feedback after speaking with stakeholders on aggressive panhandling in downtown Charlottesville, chronic homelessness in downtown Charlottesville. I've crowdsourced some ideas with valued viewers and listeners. One viewer and listener has asked to remain anonymous and has insisted that we respect his anonymity, and no, this is not Deep Throat from Twitter. This is another viewer and listener that often interacts with us from a direct message standpoint on Facebook. This particular fella um, came up with a suggestion for a campus that we are pitching to Albemarle County in the city of Charlottesville. I've highlighted this, that perhaps it's not the best idea to have the shelters in the soup kitchens and the campuses and infrastructures and resources like the Haven on the downtown mall where the chronic houseless or the chronic homeless or those that panhandle aggressively choose to stay downtown morning, noon, and night because they're getting three meals a day from the soup kitchens they're getting computer lab access, air condition, protection from the inclement weather, 
cots to sleep on, food, bath, laundry, internet, charging stations at the places around the downtown mall. I mean, heck, have you been to the computer lab at the library on Market Street? The computer lab at the library on Market Street, 80% of the folks that use this computer lab, hell, I won't even throw a number out there. The majority of the folks that use the computer lab at the library on Market Street fit the model or fit the demographic of chronic homelessness and or panhandlers. It's an opportunity to get into air condition, use a free computer, and charge cell phones. So what I discussed on Tuesday was perhaps we should take the infrastructure and the resources that are around the downtown mall that cater to panhandlers and houseless folks, and perhaps we should reposition them in a more robust approachable and dynamic environment that is not next to the epicenter of Charlottesville or the heartbeat of Charlottesville, the eight blocks we call the downtown mall. I suggested a joint venture between Almaro County and my friends on the Board of Supervisors and the City of Charlottesville and my friends on the Charlottesville City Council. They can do a JV of some capacity and build a mecca, like a campus, and Judah and I, I think we brainstormed the acronym KHEC, Charlottesville Albemarle Houseless Educational Center. I think that's what we determined. If you want to go on a two-shot, J-Dubs, you know, I'm going to miss you here. I'm going on vacation until August 7th, and we'll be away from you. I'm going to miss you. I think you're going to say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He does have a life outside of work, and he's going to leave me alone for a short period of time. Was it KHEC, the Charlottesville Albemarle Houseless Educational Center? Is that yeah. what we, we called it? Yeah, that was it. Someone on, Twitter, on, on Facebook, this is not Deep Throat, another individual that is adamant about his anonymity suggested this acronym, Judah, and I think it's better than ours, KHEC. His acronym was REACH, and REACH stood for Restoration Employment for Albemarle and Charlottesville Homelessness or houseless. Reach. Restoration employment for Albemarle and Charlottesville houseless. I give it 10 stars. I like it. I, I thought, I literally said to him, I said, this is a good idea, legitimately. I won't mention your name on air, but I'm telling you, this is branding and what I do for a living, and it's pretty damn good. Like, I sincerely mean that. Yeah, that's solid. Folks don't realize, you and I do this every day, how difficult it is to come up with names in particular, a name that can then be a memorable acronym. I mean, that's one of the most right. difficult things right there to do. Yeah. So he comes up with restoration employment for Albemarle Charlottesville houseless or homeless. I love it. I love it too. And then I get a direct message from, and, and are you watching today, Linnell? Linnell, I love when you interact with the show. Linnell says, hi, Jerry. I really enjoyed the show on Tuesday. She said, Region 10 operates a campus with drug and mental health resources and some temporary housing, laundry, etc. on Old Lynchburg Road. They have a 14-member board that holds public meetings monthly. The July meeting lasted eight minutes, and the August meeting has already been canceled. Oof. 
Could, could be interesting to invite the executive directors and operating officers of various nonprofits or even form a panel on your show to discuss these specific issues and how they impact our community. And she says, thank you for the show. Linnell, thank you for DMing us that idea. We had, um, I think we need to give him a nickname. Let's call him Big Mike. Big Mike. Big Mike suggested to us what was happening in Nashville, where they have a, um, what I think is a fantastic business model with a newspaper called The Contributor. Yeah. The house list purchased the newspaper for a quarter sell and then for sell it for $2. Mm-hmm. And Nashville has indicated that 70% of the people who yeah. have sold The Contributor within six months have obtained housing. Yeah. So here's some bona fide ideas. Everyone's like, oh, you got this big following. You you highlight the issues that are going on in the community. But along with highlighting the issues, we want to see some solutions as well. Yeah. So we're coming up with solutions. People say, Jerry, you're not going to be able to do a law or an ordinance with City Hall when it comes to panhandling on the downtown mall because panhandling is a form of protected free speech. Okay. I understand constitutional rights. So why don't we unpack it a bit further? Yeah. Why are the chronic homeless and the aggressive panhandlers centered around downtown Charlottesville? Well, we know the answer. The free meals... And the cots to sleep, protection from inclement weather, and the computer labs and the charging stations and the laundries and the showers and the mail and the other infrastructure and resources are downtown. Yeah. It's a chicken and an egg scenario. Mm-hmm. So the idea is, what if we move the infrastructure, the resources, and we make them better... And by making them better, we can expand it and have a larger facility that can cater to more people. We can do a joint venture with county tax dollars and city tax dollars. This is an Almoral County problem, too. Go to Wegmans and Fifth Street Station, and you see people literally aggressively asking people for money in the parking lot outside the grocery store. Go to the median outside the Chick-fil-A on Route 29. Mm Mm-hmm. There's always someone in that median. And you know what's heartbreaking is seeing folks in the median asking for money on a 100-degree day with no shade. Yeah. You know what's even what's also heartbreaking? Seeing the, the pets tied to the sign on the median, literally in a ball on the median with no shade. Yeah. Have you seen that? I don't think I've seen anyone with pets recently. I, I have. It's saddening. Yeah. Go to the light... Um, on the bypass that you get to right by Whole Foods and Hydraulic, yeah. there's a team working that corner. Yeah. There's one guy that's trying to get entrepreneurial doing a window cleaning at the 250 Hydraulic intersection. Hmm. Like legitimately he's got a squeegee, a bucket of water, and is trying to do something from a value proposition standpoint. So to say that this is just a Charlottesville City thing is, is living in a silo. Almoral County, you have this issue as well. So here's the nitty-gritty. Let's come up with solutions. Here's the first solution. 
take the infrastructure and the resources and the epicenter that are offering the hand up to chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandling and move it away from the downtown mall. And if you do that, quality of life downtown will improve and incremental tax revenue will return. Now, if you remove it from downtown, we got to find a place where to put it. And I'm, I'm not saying we jettison it out to Wadesboro. I'm not saying we send it to Fluvanna. I'm not saying we send it to Louisa. I'm saying we keep it in the urban ring. We keep it next to the Rivanna Trail, a passageway that is often used by chronic homelessness yeah. and panhandlers. And maybe we form a joint venture, my friends at city council, with my friends on the Admiral County Board of Supervisors, and we do it in the Biscuit Run area, a thousand plus acre parcel that is currently a shadow of what it should be. And we could form a joint venture with the Haven and with Region 10 and with the many other nonprofits that cater to this demographic. Mm -hmm. And we build a campus and we can brand the campus. One of our viewers and listeners came up with the idea, reach, restoration, employment for Almoral and Charlottesville, homeless or houseless. Yeah. He even came up with a tagline. You want to hear what his tag... This is damn good. Here's his tagline. I wish I came up with this. His tagline is, a hand up is within reach. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Restoration, employment for Almore and Charlottesville, homeless or houseless. And the tagline, a hand up is within reach. It's amazing. I mean, that is... An advertising agency would spend hours creating that kind of branding profile. Yeah. That's literally what we do. Mm. So here are the solutions. Limited infrastructure. There's limited infrastructure in downtown. The Haven is small. Yeah. And the people that go there aren't even allowed to stay there. I mean, that's why you, that's why you see them you know, sleeping on the, on the park benches. There's limited cots at the churches around the downtown mall. Limited places to play, to stay. What the Haven does offer is some food, protection from inclement weather, internet, laundry, water, a place to congregate. Yeah. What if we build a campus in the urban ring, a portion of Biscuit Run, that could be potentially cots and beds for four to five hundred? Yeah. A dormitory with laundry and showers and a computer lab and air condition and, and heat and access to mental health facilities and access to regular food and uh, if we did something like the uh, uh, like what they're doing in Nashville then a means of uh, a means of making hand some, up some money yeah you and not, and not just not just asking people for money but actually earning money and uh, I mean I, I've got to you know, we all know that that comes with a measure of, of self-respect when you uh, when you know that you're not just uh, relying on the on the charity of others. And when you get have self-respect, you start gaining confidence. And when you have self-respect or belief in yourself, and confidence follows, confidence is this like superpower. Confidence is my superpower. I believe I can do anything I want if I put my mind to it. Sports business, networking, whatever it may be. And when confidence starts running through your body, 
Next thing you know, good luck follows. You know what determines good luck for me? The harder I work. Mm. I've noticed the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm. I work my ass off, good breaks happen. Why? Because activity breeds activity. Decision making. I start hedging risk and combine risk hedging with hard work and with networking. Next thing you know, things start to snowball. Same thing with someone that needs a hand up. Create a campus in the Albemarle Urban Ring, Biscuit Run Park, a joint venture with city tax dollars and Albemarle County tax dollars. It's positioned with taxpayers by saying incremental, we're going to need a cash outlay, a taxpayer outlay today, but that outlay will, the return on investment on that outlay will be five to tenfold once the incremental tax revenue returns to the downtown mall or to other places in Almoral County. Quality of life will improve. Then you take this campus that could be home to four to five hundred folks for a short stay where you get educational resources, mm -hmm. you learn to sell something like the contributor in Nashville, you have a place to do your resume, a place to do your laundry, a place to get potentially clothing, a partnership with Region 10, with the Bridge Ministry, and some of the other nonprofits that cater to this space, and you legitimately have created a solution or action plan. So for anyone that says all, all Jerry and Judah are doing are, are raising red flags and saying, here's the problem, BS, here's the solution. Here is a legitimate solution. Restoration, employment, for Almar and Charlottesville, a hand up is within reach. We yeah. should, should we even build this brand? We could build this brand pro bono, have the brand built digitally, socially, and then present it to city council and the board of supervisors, say we do it in this location with these parts. I could put the whole model together. Do it pro bono for the community. The whole model together. I seriously am thinking about doing that. I will digest that more over uh, my vacation. The family and I, I'm giving you a heads up. I'll put this on social media as well. We are heading out of town. Um, James Watson, I'll get to your comments. Vanessa Parkhill, I'll get to your comments. Grayson, Jonathan, uh, I'll get to your comments in a matter of moments. I'm leaving tomorrow, and I'm returning Monday, August 7th. No I Love Seville show. The other shows will rock and roll on this network, however. Looking forward to a little R&R but I can assure you I'm going to continue working. I'll get to comments here on the show. Um, this is from Vanessa Parkhill. The REACH concept sounds great. What happens when people don't, can't get a job? What is the exit criteria for the programming? I think that's a great question. REACH um, cannot does be... Does it need an exit program? It, it can't be a permanent housing solution. Well, what is, what is the haven? I mean... I agree. You can't just have people decide to live there forever, but uh, at some point you have to say, look, there are people that aren't going to uh, to pull themselves out of the rut. I mean, we still got to offer food and infrastructure and computer lab, but there's got to be a limitation on the cots, on the areas to stay overnight and sleep. And the areas to stay overnight and sleep 
should be tied, associated with a time frame. And the time frame should be within six months, nine months, 12 months, whatever it is, of you calling reach your home or your temporary home, you will have your resume circulated. You will learn interviewing skills. If you'd like to sell the newspaper, maybe instead of the contributor, we call it the, the Charlotte's Villian. Hmm. Call it the Charlotte's Villian. Within six or nine months of you selling the Charlotte's Villian for $2, you're going to buy it for a quarter, you will have the financial resources and the hand up you need to matriculate back into society. It's got to be a time frame to breed accountability. Got to be. James Watson says, do you think Almore County would agree to spending tax money for a housing location for the unhoused? This is a county that 95% zone rural use and further down 5th Street, Old Litchburg are $1 million homes. Well, I mean, the county did do redevelop Southwood across from those $1 million homes. And he says, I do like solutions. How about Almore or Seminole Square? Probably won't happen either, but the utility infrastructure is there and there are underutilized locations. Why I suggested Biscuit Run Park? You know why Biscuit Run Park is the answer? Uh, you said because it's connected to everywhere around Charlottesville through the trails. Because Albemarle County has full autonomy over Biscuit Run Park. Okay. Albemarle Square and Seminole Square are owned by businesses and businessmen right. and businesswomen. Almar County would need to form a joint venture with the free market and businessmen and businesswomen at Seminole Square or Almar Square. Biscuit Run Park, Almar County calls the shots on. Legitimately. It's, I'm going to call up uh, Biscuit Run Park right here. Biscuit Run Park is a 1,200-acre park in Almar County on land that is already in the designated growth area. Almoral County has total control over Biscuit Run Park. You got 1,200 acres. How many acres would you need to build Reach? Five? A campus? Five? Yeah. How much would a campus like Reach cost? 10 to 20 million? You're talking. A joint venture with Almoral County and the city of Charlottesville? Almoral's yearly budget is over $400 million to operate the municipality on a yearly basis. Charlottesville's over $200 million. We're talking 4 to 5% of their budgets in one year allocated to this. Almoral and Charlottesville could be a market leader, not just in the Commonwealth, but in the country with this project. We're talking... A, essentially a college campus or a community college campus here. Yeah. We're talking like a smaller version of Hampton Sydney College in Farmville. Oh. I would love to see creativity like this I would love to see it right now what's the park doing what's the park doing right now I don't know nothing the park is doing nothing 
Peter Krebs, I'm going to talk to you about this. Piedmont, the Piedmont Environmental Council. I would love to get your take on this. Laura Payne says, have part of the criteria to remain in reach that portions of their earnings be placed in a savings account that will be there upon graduation from the program to obtain permanent housing. It's a great idea. Yeah. That is a great idea, Laura. That is an absolutely fantastic idea. Tie the access to reach to performance thresholds. Thank you, John Blair. I hope you have a restful and renewing vacation. I also hope that Judah is able to get a respite in the next few days. Judah's got a vacation plan for is it Octo- early late September, early October? Yeah, it's not really a vacation. My uh, my cousin is getting married, so we're going to uh, Minnesota. And where did you just come back from? Didn't you just come back from your aunt that loves to pound Jim Beams and chain smoke cigarettes? That was my grandmother. She's passed. Uh, oh, she passed away. We we did go to I did go to California uh, for uh, what did we go for? I don't even know. Uh, I think it was for my I think it was for my uh, my niece's birthday, which I I wasn't able to to stay for, but uh, got to go out and get pictures with the family and meet some family members I had never met before. Oh, man. I mean, Habitat for Humanity is doing a massive redevelopment at Southwood, the mobile home park. Yeah. So we took a mobile home park called Southwood, which is literally across the street from Oak Hill Farm, Mosby Mountain, Mountain Valley Farm, and kind of across the street from Winnington. Oak Hill Farm... Mosby Mountain, Mountain Valley Farm, and Whittington, those four neighborhoods, the starting point for a single-family detached home is probably 750000 And some of the homes on Mountain Valley Farm, you know that neighborhood well. Mountain Valley Farm, there's a couple of these houses that are on massive plots of land. Oh, yeah. And that are also mass, like that one home that looks like the White House. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen it. I went to the top. You're talking of, six to ten million easy. Uh, we went to the top of one of the hills and saw the fireworks a few years ago. You could literally see the fireworks going off near Afton. You could see fireworks going off like two places in Charlottesville. Plus, you could see like dozens and dozens of fireworks going off just from people's backyards, like there, 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 like all over the place. Incredible view. And that's just the the land. I'm sure is is prime. Yeah. And, and the house was gorgeous. So yeah, those places. And with the with they, the with the appreciation we've seen in the last few years, I'm sure those places are worth a lot more than they paid for them. Think about if you put Reach, you put Reach, Biscuit Run Park. It's in the Urban Ring. It's on the Rivanna Trail system. It's next to the interstate for easy access. It's next to the bypass for easy access. Mm-hmm. It's right next to the police station. Yeah. It is close to downtown and the University of Virginia. So if you're able to climb the employment ladder, you're not traveling far. Reach is on a bus stop, public transportation. 
legitimately, mm-hmm. on a bus stop. It's right next to a park or could be adjacent to a park for quality of life. Yeah, no doubt. It's in a designated growth area. And it's in an area that is not right next to the epicenter of dining, shopping, music, and business. The downtown mall. This is a real solution. And Kevin, I'll throw this to you. Kevin Yancey is in Waynesboro. He says, the rental market is the primary reason a lot of these people are homeless. At your estimate, $1,300 a door for someone who's homeless, six, nine, 12 months is inadequate to remotely get to that income level. A, I don't think the rental market and the high rents are the primary reason a lot of these folks are homeless. I think it is a factor, but I don't think it's the primary reason. I think you have a lot of mental health issues. I think you have a lot of drug and alcohol issues. Yeah. And I think you have a lot of hopelessness. The feeling of hopelessness creates a lack of action. And when a lack of action happens, nothing gets done. And then you get stuck in this snowballed rut that you can never get out of. It's hopelessness. Now, I give you that the 1300 a month is going to be a difficult nut to crack. That's going to be a hell of a lot of Charlottesvillians, the newspapers, that you're going to have to sell at $2 a crack. I totally get that. But there's opportunities. Is it the crossings? Isn't it the crossings that's next to Wendy's and Shabin? Or uh, Wendy's and McDonald's at 4th and Preston? The crossings at 4th and Preston, I'm going to the website. Transitioning from years of living on the streets to suddenly having housing is not an, is not an event, it's a process. The crossing is a housing first model which prioritizes access to housing without restrictions, such as sobriety or minimum income requirements. Wow. This is an evidence-based, low-barrier approach to homeless services built on the belief that housing isn't something to be earned, but something that every person has a right to. Everyone deserves to feel safe and secure. Look at the, the crossings, Charlottesville. Google that. Maybe there's an opportunity to partner with this housing facility on 4th and Preston. Getting a boatload of text messages. Um, one TV station and one print outlet watching the program as we speak. This text message comes in from a it's called a commercial owner. I'm not going to out you. I saw you earlier this week. I'd say this gentleman owns between 350 and 450 million dollars of commercial real estate in Charlottesville, now Morrow County. He says, "Jerry, I like the idea for reach. 
when you highlight solutions where folks can go and get the hand up as you call it, it starts materializing into something very real. Please realize when the Haven came to downtown Charlottesville, many of us did not even know what was happening and it just sprung up on us in surprising fashion. I agree with you, he calls you J-dubs. I agree with you and J-dubs that we're at a point that's beyond tipping and we're now at a point of problem. He goes, in my buildings around Charlottesville, I'm routinely having to deal with chronic homeless from sexual acts to drug use to broken bottles to litter to clothing and other things that would not make your program PG or PG-13. Please keep talking about this. I'll take it a step further, then we'll go to the next topic. Um, I am a part of a couple uh, networking groups. One of them is a downtown owners association, building owners. I brought this up in our last meeting. Was encouraged by many of the owners, many of them twice my age or 70, you know, in their 60s, 70s, 80s. And they said, keep pushing. We're on your side. We'd like to do this as well. I also am a part of a business owners association in downtown Charlottesville. They also offered encouragement to keep pushing and making this part of the new cycle and everyday vernacular. And I've been surprised to get the response from nonprofits in this community who also feel that we're at a tipping point. And one of the nonprofits mentioned to me, they said, it's difficult for us to do our job because many of the contributors are donors to our nonprofits. Now just see it as a problem and don't want to contribute to us because we haven't come up with any fixes for the problem. Hmm. So I thought that kind of was close, that hit, hit close to home for me. Yeah. Anything you want to throw out before we go to the next subject? Nothing more than I think this is a, a, the start of something that could be really, uh, really good for both Charlottesville and for the uh, houseless population around here who, uh, you know, who I think could use, uh, could use not just a, a hand up, but, uh, but a facility like this that has everything in one place. A hub for uh, for getting them out and getting them back on their feet. Thank you. Well said, Juno. Dylan's rule. Thank you for the retweet on uh, Twitter. What have we done? Like, what have we done that's been a proof of performance when it's come to this? I don't know. I've been here twenty three years. Yeah. What What have we done of late? Palpable and tangible. Right. It's time to do something. You know, and I bet if we asked the houseless and the panhandling population, they would also ask for something like this. Right? Yeah. Because there's limited places to stay downtown. Yeah. That's why we're seeing the sleeping on the mall and in the doorways and in the parks. Yeah. All right. Next topic I want to cover is dairy market. You got that graph you can put on screen, that artwork? Yep. 
There it is. I respect what you're saying, Kevin Yancey. Kevin Yancey has made a couple of comments here. He says, hopeless is working a job at UVA and still not being able to pay rent, let alone other home costs. No doubt. He also says, hopeless is having worked to retirement age and basically being taxed out of your home. Yeah. I get that. And I respect that. It's funny. Funny is the wrong word. It's sad. Sad is a better word. As Powell has messed with rates and as rates have gone up, obviously everything is more expensive. Yeah. And we know credit card debt is at an all-time high in American history right now. Yeah. And he just popped the rate 25 bips yesterday. So anyone with credit card debt is going to feel a sting even more. This sense of hopelessness or chronically living below or on a financial line or a poverty line or a marginalized line is not just the folks that are asking for money on the downtown mall. Yeah. I think folks would be very, 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 very surprised of the robbing Peter to pay Paul mentality when it comes with household finances. Where it's a little a little shell game, yeah. To make it to the end of the month for folks to pay their bills, right? And here's something that you may not want to hear. It's going to get more difficult before it gets better. And that's what Powell has said he wants, because he's got to get inflation in check. Yeah. And his efforts so far seem to be proving fruitful. But yesterday he said, we may do it again in the fourth quarter. And Scott straight up said on Wednesday's Real Talk yesterday, Scott Morris, that he expects a Q4 rate, rate hike. Yeah, no doubt. Lonnie Murray says, there are more basic things that Charlottesville could be doing just by disallowing panhandling in the medians. He said, absolutely. I mean, why don't they have the, Waynesboro, the signs that we see in Waynesboro, where it's the signs that are in Waynesboro that say, do not donate to folks asking for money. And if you see someone asking for money, call this number. Why, don't, why aren't those signs around downtown or in Charlottesville city limits? Lonnie also says, disallowing panhandling and medians is dangerous. Nonprofits shouldn't do it either. There should be signs as there are in other localities with the phone number to donate to programs for the homeless and discouraging people from giving money to the homeless. The fact that Charlottesville hasn't addressed that basic safety issue makes me dubious they'll do anything more substantial. I don't know, man. I've been talking to um, Mayor Snook, and I got Supervisor Donna Price coming on the program. Donna Price is on the show. I'll let you know when. Hold on one second. Supervisor Price, the chairwoman of the Almoral County Board of Supervisors, is on the program on... Where are you at, Donna? Where's, I'm looking at my count. Thursday, August 10th. So Thursday, August 10th, the chairwoman of the Almoral County Board of Supervisors is coming on the show. I talked to Mayor Snook on the reg, on the regular... We'll reach out to Councillor Payne, Michael Payne, to come, to, to come on the show 
TJ fatally has a very good shot of being on the board of supervisors. He's running uh, against B. Lapisto Kirtley in the Rivanna district. We interviewed Michael Pruitt. Mike Pruitt's a smart guy. Mike, are you watching today? Let me see if you're watching. Hey, Mike, you are watching. Mayor Snook, watching. Hello. Welcome, gentlemen. We love when you watch the show. Um, this is top of mind for people. This is top of mind. And this is top of mind for the electeds. And if we continue to use this platform to keep this top of mind, I think it's going to percolate and circulate the news cycle until tangible action happens. Dude, we saw it. We were the first to cover the Hunter Smith debacle, the Segura home debacle, the Almoral JV locker room sexual assault. All those, we started that coverage, and it led to action, arrests, you saw what happened with Hunter. You saw what happened with Segura. Mm -hmm. You saw the coverage that followed after we talked about it. I got a print outlet and a TV station literally watching us right now. Let's talk dairy market. Put that graph on screen. Tell me when that's on screen. It's on screen? Yep. Thank you. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. Everyone, look at the screen. Chris Henry is the uh, founder and the principal behind uh, Stony Point. Stony Point Development Group. Chris Henry is a friend of mine. Chris Henry is one of the good guys when it comes to development. Is Chris Henry watching? Can someone tell Chris Henry to watch the show? Can someone tell Chris to watch the show? Chris Henry, you are stateside now because you were at that meeting on a Tuesday night. If I hadn't had a previous commitment, I would have been there see Henry. Someone text Chris Henry or call Chris Henry and let him know we're talking Dairy Market and Stony Point, please. And if you could do that now, that would be very, uh, uh, I'd be very gracious, very grateful if you could do that. Look, here, here's, here's, here's how it works, all right? Chris Henry is the man behind Stony Point Development Group. His father-in-law, father-in-law is Paul Manning. Paul Manning of PBM, headquartered at one time in Gordonsville. Paul exits, sells PBM. I mean, I can Google what it sold for. PBM sale price. Let's see. Uh, see how much Paul sold PBM for, if you could. PBM. Jamie Turner, if you have any info on that, give me a DM. We're literally doing this on the fly. Long story short, Mr. Manning has got a, a business called PBM Capital. PBM, his initials. And he's deploying financial resources now. He's deploying financial resources to the University of Virginia, including a $100 million gift that is going to be the uh, foundation for the Paul Manning Biotech Institute. Here's an interesting tidbit for you. Paul Manning, the second largest donor to the University of Virginia in its history. Paul Manning, number two. 
You know who's number one? You know who's number one? Judah? No. There it is. Jamie Turner, thank you. Jamie, JT, I love you, Jamie Turner. Paul Manning sold PBM for $808 million. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. 808? Yeah. That's a nice chunk of change, right? No doubt. $808 million. Mm, Yeah. You put $808 million into some ETFs or some index funds, heck, in a bank account that's yielding 5%. There's some bank accounts out there that are giving you 5%, and you're set. Right? You're set. Yeah. Okay? He's not doing that. He's putting this $808 million to work. He's put it to work at Dairy Market, at Dairy Central. He's kicked $100 million to UVA and the Biotech Institute. Paul Tudor Jones is a good guess, Jamie Turner. He's in the third slot. Number one, top donor to the University of Virginia in its history, friend of the program, Joffrey Woodruff. Joffrey Woodruff, the man who funded the Data Science School, the man who built this squash epicenter at the Boar's Head, there's your top donor, UVA history. Number one, front of the program. I think it's like $180 million for him. This is public information. I'm not speaking out of turn. It's public record. So here's what's happening at Stony Point. Did someone text C. Henry so he knows to watch the show? Anyone? Chris is at the church that he bought across from Dairy Market. This is a historically black church, or was a historically black church. Yeah. Chris caught heat for turning a uh, Jordy Jordy Yeager on Twitter. Is it Jordy Jordy, the journalist on Twitter, constantly giving Chris and Dairy Market and Stony Point heat? You want to know something, Jordy? The church that Chris and Stony Point bought and converted into a wedding and event venue, the church moved. They weren't doing church at that location anymore. And the folks that ran the church and called the shots at the church were extremely excited for Chris and Stony Point to keep the church alive and not tear it down. Right. The people that used to go to church here historically african-american congregation the stakeholders in this church said we love that chris bought this church and that stony point and dairy market have turned it into a wedding and event venue for guests to get married in the church and then walk across the street to dairy market or the the brick cellar at the basement to have their dinner their 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 party and to get drinks and to get hammered to throw down and to listen to big ray and the cool cats or whoever it is Okay, The church said, we love that Chris is keeping it a church. But no, 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 no. Jordy and, and Socialist Charlottesville are manipulating the narrative and saying, oh, it's now uh, an epicenter for white folks to get married in high-dollar high dollar weddings. Dude, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. The folks that previously ran the church... We're happy that Chris took over the church and turned it into a wedding and event venue. On Tuesday, Tuesday night, they hosted a community forum. And at this community forum, many of the old school residents of 10th and Page and the old school residents of West Haven came out. And they offered their thoughts, displeasure, on the next phase of development. Put it on screen, J-Dubs. 
It's up. Look at the screen. The next phase of development is the fifth seasons building the uh, the rockfish location. Deep throat. I'm going to get to your comments here in a matter of moments. Deep throat. I like your comments, Deep Throat. There was no surprise. There was... This was the plan all along, Judah. I'm, 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 I'm quite... Look this up. I'm pretty sure Chris and Stony Point own the Preston Plaza across the street as well, hmm. where Integral Yoga is. And that shopping center that's fallen apart. The plan was always to do this. And then on Tuesday night at a community forum, a forum that's required by law to do, like you have to send direct mail. Thank you, Deep Throat. Chris and Stony Point do own Preston Plaza, literally across the street. When he did Dairy Market and when he announced the plans for Dairy Central, Dairy Market, he said, we're going to do this in phases. We're going to do apartments and then this food vendor food hall concept. We're going to buy this church. We're going to convert this, these buildings that are falling down and are basically parking lots that are not being used efficiently. Rockfish Brewery, Fifth Seasons, the uh, brew house and the home garden store, that laundry mat that's back there. There's a laundry mat that's back there. Yeah. On Preston. It's a freaking parking lot epicenter. It's asphalt parking lot. That's primarily what it is. And Chris is going to build apartments. And now the community around Dairy Market and Dairy Central is saying, this is a modern day Vinegar Hill. Literally demonizing them and calling them a modern-day Vinegar Hill. This is the history of Vinegar Hill. I'm Googling Vinegar Hill. I'm calling Vinegar Hill Wikipedia up. I'm going to read you a couple paragraphs from Vinegar Hill on Wikipedia. In 1965... The entire Vinegar Hill neighborhood was raised as part of an urban renewal plan initiated in the 1950s. By a margin of 36 votes, the city of Charlottesville voted to raise Vinegar Hill in a referendum. This occurred in a time where the poll tax excluded many black residents from voting. One church, 30 businesses, and 158 families were displaced almost all African-American. 600 community members were moved into the West Haven public housing complex. Families who had lived in standalone houses now resided in multifamily complexes. The site remained vacant for well over a decade, and it was not until 1985 that a redevelopment project was put in place and the Omni Hotel and the surrounding development installed on the neighborhood site. Guys, what happened with Vinegar Hill in 1965 was deplorable. It was disgusting. It was disheartening. It was depressing. It was demoralizing. 
It was downright disturbing. It was legitimately white folks trying to push black folks out of a important piece of land. Literally. That's what they were trying to do. Yeah. But what Chris and Stony Point are doing at the Fifth Seasons and Rockfish Brewing and the laundromat spot on Preston is not the same. These are buildings that are falling down and have not had TLC in an extended period of time. Buildings that are predominantly, plots of land that are predominantly asphalt parking lots that are underperforming and underachieving. Chris wants to build housing here. Is it housing that people can afford? All of us? No, it's not. It costs a lot of money to build apartment complexes, and he needs return on investment. Why? Because he's a businessman. And that's what businessmen do. But please realize any new housing stock, and he's creating potentially a boatload of housing stock, is good for the Charlottesville ecosystem because what are we missing? What are we missing in the Charlottesville ecosystem right now? Housing. Can you say it for those in the back? We could use a little more housing. And what happens when you build housing of any kind? Even expensive housing. It opens up housing for other people. And explain how that works, because you're a smart man. Explain it for those that want to learn from you. I mean, it's you. if you build housing that people move into, they're moving out of somewhere else, and that opens up housing for other people. There it is. Young professionals, young couples, baby boomers, retirees that have wealth are going to rent the apartments because they're going to want to be within walking distance of Dairy Market, of UVA, of Game Day, of the downtown mall. And when this demographic that is deeper pocketed chooses to rent or live here, that will free up the next rung of housing stock. And when the next rung of housing stock is freed up, the throttle or the pinch on housing starts to get alleviated. Do not let perfection get in the way of productivity. Mayor Walker, when she was on council, constantly was governing with a lens of perfection. Hmm. And she constantly voted down housing project after housing project after housing project because it did not fit her criteria of affordability. And her votes of no and no and no got so impactful that developers just said, F this. I'm not going to do any more projects here. And as a result, we had a stall or a lag of new housing in the city for a handful of years. Good God, Keith Woodard left $2 million of underground infrastructure on Water Street because he got tired of dealing with the Mayor Walker council regime. My dad and his partner. Tell what happened with your dad. I mean, I don't have the, the full story, and I'm not going to try to get into it, but, uh, but they were... They had the same problem. They, uh, they got jerked around by the, by the city, 
they uh, they had bonds that weren't being released, so they couldn't pay off their debtors. His dad was an investor and a partner in the business, and they closed the business down because they were trying to build housing in Charlottesville, and it was uh, it was breaking them, and they gave up. What are you going to do? I mean, if, if you don't want us to build here, then we won't build here. Did he ever get the bond money released? I don't know. I think uh, I think they ended up. I think they ended up paying off a lot of their debtors with personal money. Ridiculous. I'm sorry he went through that. Yeah, I believe he's watching right now. Linnell says on Twitter, "Thank you for this insight, Linnell." On Twitter. She said the old Trinity Church, the church we're talking about across from Dairy Market, was sold to the dairy, the Monticello Dairy in the 1970s, and the congregation was paid at that time. The building came along with the sale of the dairy building. And then she has a quote that she's sharing with us. The congregation grew too large for 10th and Grady, that church, and the mid-1970s, Trinity Episcopal sold its church to the owners of the dairy factory and moved to a new building a little further down on Preston. The church decided to sell. Yeah. How can we hold... I I just... This is such crap. Yeah. How can we stigmatize or, 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 or throw shade at Chris and Stony Point and Dairy Market and Dairy Central when they bought a church, when the congregation said, we need to sell this church because we've outgrown it, and we need the money from the sale of this church for a new church. And he's preserving it. And he's keeping it a church. How can he get shade for having expensive weddings now at this place? What is that called? Uh, How do you describe that? What is that called? Jordy Yeager, what is that called? Is is it called... uh, I don't even know what the word for... Deep Throat, what is that called? Linnell, what is that called? James, Vanessa, Kevin, Bill, what is that called? Mike Pruitt, what is that called? Laura Payne, what is that called? Lloyd Snook, what is that called? What is that behavior called? False optics. False optics? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to call it. It's, uh, he, it the optics of it are a white person bought a... a largely black church and uh, and if that's as deep as you go then yeah it looks bad but when you explain the situation where that the, the largely black church wanted to sell their church the congreg- because they needed to the money to find a new church because they outgrew their current church the and if you speak left- to the leaders of the church that sold their church to go to the new church they're happy the church is still in existence and the building is still around and has not been knocked down for apartments or for commercial yeah it's not all that complicated, but uh, like I said, false optics. If, all, if you don't dig very deep, then it looks like uh, white people buying black property and using it for their own purposes. I mean, what the hell? John Blair, I'll get to your comment here in T-minus five seconds. I got good ammunition here from um, Deep Throat on Twitter, who I believe is in Bozeman. Um... He said he's having a good laugh about from on, he's having a good laugh at the expense Deep Throat says of socialist Seville crapping on the dairy market expansion. This is here's another false optics or whatever we're going to call it. We need what is this behavior called? He says 
socialist Twitter is totally fine with more housing density if they can imagine the housing density in established neighborhoods, affluent neighborhoods, single-family detached neighborhoods, but density in a floodplain on High Street by the Rivanna River or density next to 10th and Page in West Haven is a catastrophe and is a no-no. That's called hypocrisy. Socialist Seville can't say, we need housing in Charlottesville, but that housing only needs, that density only needs to go to the Rugby neighborhood or to North Downtown or to Johnson Village or to Willoughby or to Belmont or to uh, Lachlan Hill or to Press or to, uh, uh, what's another wealthy neighborhood? Greenbrier. That's where the density needs to be. Rose Hill. But no, not on 10th and Page. Not here. Not on Cherry. Not on Prospect. Where the students live at Jefferson Park Avenue, yes. Deep Throat continues. He said Preston Plaza will be gone soon. Absolutely. Stony Point owns Preston Plaza. Does anyone think the utilization, the current utilization of Preston Plaza right now is the best use of Preston Plaza? Anyone? No. I'm sure there will be people that uh, will miss fifth season, but... Uh... That's across the street. Preston Plaza's integral yoga, where oh, Sticks oh. Kebab Shop is. Right, but that's not where they're... No, he's... Sony Point owns Preston Plaza as well. Yeah. He continues. Why is Jordy Yeager complaining, Deep Throat says? Because Chris Henry, by his very existence, is a successful producer of value for himself and others. And Chris stands as a reproach well, I can't say. I know I'm not going to say this entire comment about Jordy uh, Deep Throat. Oh, uh, I'm going to choose not to mention this comment that you said about Jordy Deep Throat. But he's basically saying that Jordy is, in some ways, jealous of Chris. Guys, I know. I know Chris. He is one of the good guys. How many developers do you know would go to the forum at the church and just catch the heat from the people? That's yeah. what he did Tuesday night, Judah. Yeah. He went to the forum to listen to learn and just got crossfired. Mm-hmm. I was going to use a profanity. Got crossfired and just took it. Yeah. He lives here. He wants to do things the right way. You know who's another one that's doing things the right way? Keith Woodard. Keith Woodard and his son are trying to take the old IGA grocery building, the old Kim's Market on Cherry Avenue, and do a joint venture with the city of Charlottesville. A JV of some capacity where residents and taxpayers and voters and counselors, along with Woodard's team, can envision the best use of the property. We want developers that are local that we see on the downtown mall or on Dairy Market 
or at a concert or a restaurant. People that have to look at us in the eye. Because the folks that have to look at us in the eye have more commitment to keeping the community in a good spot for the community in totality as opposed to an out-of-market developer. Tate, what's the out-of-market developer down Route 29 across from Forest Lakes? Forest Lakes, is it S-T-H? S-H-T? Remember the Forest Lakes Association came on I Love Seville? It's like a Virginia Beach developer that's putting apartments across from Forest Lakes, the neighborhood. Or the developer that's putting the student housing on Ivy Road close to St. Anne's and kind of across from Bel Air. That's a Virginia Beach developer that does student housing, I believe. These people don't give a rat's ass about us. They don't live in the community. All they care about is money. Do you know the forest, the one across from Forest Lakes? The uh, HOA head came on our show. Do you remember? Uh, Was that Scott Aleph? Yes. That came on? Yeah. RMD is the Ivy people. We had the head of the HOA at Forest Lakes on the show. Scott, is his last name Elf? Elif. Elif. He also owns a vineyard. Hmm. You know the developers that you want to see have progress in Charlottesville or in Central Virginia or in Almoral County? Chris Henry, good guy. Keith Woodard, good guy. Frank Bailiff, Charlie Armstrong at Southern Development, good guys. John Kerber, Dominion Custom Homes, good guys. Live in the area, has to see us moving forward. And you know what the beef is? Is people just don't like change. That's the essence of this. But here's the nitty-gritty. You can't say we need more housing to create housing affordability because more housing and more density creates more supply, which should stabilize prices. Then you can't, then you can't, then you, if you say, oh, but not on the Rivanna River and not next to 10th and Page and not next to West Haven, you can't say that because you're a hypocrite. If you want more housing, and I'm talking to Socialist Charlottesville here, and you know who you are, if you want more housing... Because housing creates affordability, additional supply. You have to let that housing materialize anywhere. And you can't start throwing around phrases like a modern-day Vinegar Hill. Because it makes you look like a hypocrite. Anything you want to add to this? I mean, it's... It reminds me of uh, indecisive people who what want, is that behavior called? Who want food or uh, want to you know we need to pick somewhere to go out to eat. All right, well let's go to uh, let's go to La Michoacana. No, I don't want to go there. Well, let's go to uh, you know let's go to pick a place uh, south and central. Nah, I don't want to. I don't. You you keep mentioning you keep bringing places up and they keep saying no that's not right no that's not well eventually you have to make a choice and it's the same here you can't just say that you want something and then not let anyone do anything about it what is the behavior called when you say I'm in favor of housing and density 
we need to upzone and rezone because more supply creates affordability. Let's make this city more dense. And then when density becomes a reality, Rivanna River floodplain, Wendell Wood, Bo Carrington, 250 apartments, or phase three of dairy markets expansion on the Fifth Seasons Rockfish Brewing Laundromat location. Mm-hmm. And then you say, oh, no, 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 we can't have housing here. And oh, no, 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 we can't have housing there. The housing should only go into established neighborhoods, the density that are single family de- detached, that are affluent and wealthy. The neighborhoods like Barracks and Rugby and Greenbrier and Belmont and Woolen Mills and North Downtown and Hogwaller and JPA, Fry Springs, but not at 10th and Page and not at West Haven and not on High Street next to the river. Isn't that hypocrisy? I don't know if it's hypocrisy exactly, but it is indecisive and unhelpful. befuddled by it befuddled and Laura you make a decent point Laura Payne says this the obvious scare of raising taxes in the area around dairy market expansion is a lot of the concern without tax breaks this development could push people out of the home they own I I 100% think that's going to happen 10th and Page the value of that entire neighborhood 10th and Page has gone up dramatically and astronomically why? because they're building expensive houses around it And as expensive houses and expensive buildings get built around it, it's going to raise the tax profile of the homes that have been around there 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. And yes, that's going to lead to gentrification. And how City Hall manages that is by expanding the tax relief program, which is what Laura Payne is highlighting. I am all for expanding the tax relief program for those that are getting gentrified out of this community to maintain a diverse community and to maintain or, or preserve the ability for folks to stay in their house. Well said. I just responded to your comment, LP. Oh, man. All right. I got a couple of uh, items out of the notebook. Insane. Yeah. Deep Throat says it's called insanity. And he's exactly right. Dude, he's exactly right. Deep Throat, you're exactly right. He says, think about this. It's the perfect location for housing. You have a big road next to it. It's walkable to UVA and the hospital and the downtown mall. And it does not displace a single person. We're displacing a laundromat, a brewery, and a gardening store, and no one is losing their home. I'll take it a step further. It's on a bike lane or a bike path. It's got public transportation all over it. And it's literally in the dead heart of the city. Yeah. And you're taking away asphalt, blo- asphalt parking lots. Yeah. This is literally the perfect place for the additional density in housing. Right. And you're replacing buildings that are falling down. And are, I mean, you're right. I mean, they're mostly, they're mostly just parking lots. It's the exact opposite of tearing something down and putting up a parking lot by tearing down a parking lot and putting up something that's useful. Right? John Blair on LinkedIn. Jerry, 
The 2021 Comprehensive Plan lists five guiding principles for the city of Charlottesville. One of those principles is environmental stewardship and sustainability. I don't think there is literally any development that could match that principle better than the dairy market expansion. High-density development near employment and amenity centers. If you want to reduce carbon emissions, it's hard for me to come up with a better idea for Charlottesville than high-density high, high residential on Preston. Amen, brother. I'm going to respond. Amen, homie. I just responded to his comment. Deep Throat in a Twitter DM and John on a comment on LinkedIn saying the same damn thing. And these are smart, common-sense people. Yeah. You know what? Another parcel of land. I think the most valuable piece of land in the city of Charlottesville right now, the two, I'll say two most valuable. You know what? I'll take the three most valuable and underperforming pieces of land in Charlottesville City right now. I will say that massive parking lot on West Main Street next to the Amtrak station and the old Wild Wing Cafe that's owned by Alan Kajin. Is that still dirt? No, he paved it. Peter Castiglione, friend of the program, the owner of Maya Restaurant, yeah. did so much lobbying that he got Alan Kajin to asphalt that parking lot because the dust was going into the businesses like Continental Divide, Maya, yeah. Oak Heart Social, etc. That is one of the most valuable pieces of underperforming land right now. The second one is that parking lot just up the road across the street from World of Beer. There used to be that candy store in the back of the parking lot that was a turquoise green and blue, Hmm. literally across from World of Beer. It's an empty parking lot that is just trying to monetize parking spaces right now. That is one of the most underperforming lots or parcels of land in the city. And the third, and I'm going to caveat this, the third that I'm going to mention is not underperforming. However, its value and upside is probably the most significant in the city, and that's Ix Park, also owned by Alan Kajin with Ludwig Kutner and the ownership group as well. Can you imagine what Ix Park could be from a housing standpoint, a mixed-use development standpoint? A mixed-use development with an anchor tenant like Three Notch and an anchor amenity like a concert venue? Yeah. Next to the downtown mall, on a public transportation line, a hop, skip, and a jump from the University of Virginia, next to the hedge funds and the family offices and the technology and law and courtrooms that are on the downtown mall, I mean, that's eight, that's 70, 80 million dollars. But whoever's going to buy that's going to have to deal with the political climate that we call Charlottesville, Virginia. And good luck with that, dog. Oh, all right. Man, I got uh, an email from a board of supervisor on what we're talking about right now. All right, let me, I want to read this uh, while not on the air, sir, before I comment on your thoughts on what we're discussing. You literally have multiple board of supervisors and uh, a city councilor watching the program as we speak. And I love when you guys watch. I love when you guys come on. 
All right, some, I, some items out of the notebook. Um, I'm leaving tomorrow at 3 a.m. for some much-needed R&R with my family and our two sons. We're heading to uh, a beach on Long Island for an extended period of time. I am going to be back in this saddle on Monday, August 7th. But I will not be doing talk shows tomorrow or all next week. Real talk will go on, although Keith is taking tomorrow off because he's got some business presentations to do. But real talk, Monday, Wednesday, Friday of next week. Today, Imanyana, next Thursday as well. The show will continue. Judah Wickhaber will be here as well. I will be off the grid starting later today and back in the saddle Monday, August 7th. Another item out of the notebook. On Tuesday, August 8th, we are launching our UVA show. Thank you, Johnny Ornalis. Thank you, Vanessa Parkhill. I appreciate your kind words. On Tuesday, August 8th, the Jerry and Jerry show will launch. Yours truly and Jerry Ratcliffe will do a show on Tuesday, August 8th at 10.15 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. That is nothing but UVA sports and ACC sports coverage. We will interview current athletes, former athletes. We will do a little verbal sparring. We will spotlight the programs, UVA football, men's basketball, baseball, tennis, all the fantastic activity at the University of Virginia. We'll highlight the athletic department, athletic departments in the ACC as well. That show is going to kill it, dude. I'm going to tell you right now. Jerry Ratcliffe, who is the journalist when it comes to covering the University of Virginia over the last 30 to 40 years, and yours truly teaming up together, that show is going to crush I would not be surprised if that show gets a second day as partners choose to do business with us very soon. One other item out of the notebook. I am working on a concept, a new show that is all about moms. A show directed by moms, hosted by moms, with content for moms. Moms of all ages, moms that are pregnant, moms that are grandmas, moms that are great-grandmas. Moms that have kids in high school and middle school. Moms that have kids in college. Ladies that want to be moms. Teenagers. A show geared to women and moms. Hosted, directed, produced on this network, created by moms. We're making progress on this show, ladies and gentlemen. Progress on the show. And I hope when I return that I will have more details to pass along to you. I think I'm going to do this, and this is the first time you're hearing this year. I think I might do like an American Idol or The Voice. You know, The Voice, those singing shows, an American Idol. We do a tryout. We try out the moms that have shown interest, either on the I Love Seville show or in a time of their own, and then we allow the viewing public, the listening public, to cast the votes for the mom group they think is best on a voting page on ilovesevil.com. So you would go to ilovesevil.com and cast your vote for who you think would be the, the team that would make the best mom group. They can start on this show, I Love Seville show, and then if they pass the first test, which is entertaining, education, and enlightening on the I Love Seville show, we'll all help them 
crack the ice, break the ice, handle some nerves. We got a full bar over here if they need to handle some nerves. And then they do a show by themselves without me being involved. And then we whittle it down to a list of three to five teams. And we have the viewing and listening public, public cast a vote for what team that they would like to host the mom show through ilovesevil.com. That's a damn good idea. That literally just came to me right now. That is a damn good idea. That's what we're going to do. Are you okay with that? What's, what's your concern? Can we two-shot? Oh, you got beef. Is it the change? You don't like change either. You don't like new things either. No, that's not true. Come on. <clears throat> you, what, what you call change is giving me more work. No. Yes. I'm the one that's going to have to set up the, the poll, make sure it works, test it, double test it. I'm the one that's going to have to check it daily to be sure that uh, we're getting votes. We can automate it. It can be automated. There's third-party apps to automate. All right, fair. That's a fair response from you. It's a fair response for you. I mean, it is your job, but that is a fair response for you. You are getting paid for this. Yeah, but you, if you're there, paying I, me... I'm not asking you to stay here at all if you're paying hours me for, of the night. for eight hours and you give me another hour's worth of work... No, we'd have to take some, some workload off. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty fair when it comes to the hours. You, gotta, you say that, right? I'm a lot of things, but when it comes to the hours, I'm very fair. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll figure it out. American Idol or The Voice on the I Love Seville Network with the new mom show? And it's a democratic way to pick who hosts the show, not associated with me or you having to make the decision. So if anyone has beef with who's on the show, be like, dude, that's who the people voted for. Right? I guess. That way I'm not doing a socialist Charlottesville. Oh, socialist Charlottesville. Uh, we want more housing. Just not down by the river. Not down by the river. Not next to 10th and Page. Put it in North Downtown. Put it in Rugby. Put it in Rose Hill. Put it in Belmont. Put it in Greenbrier. But not at West Haven, 10th and Page. Or by the river. All right, I'm back in the saddle Monday, August 7th. I love you guys. Um, I'm going to miss you guys. And I can't wait to touch base with you again when we return. Um, Do well by Keith Smith and who he has filling in for me, please. Do well by the Today e Manana team. And get ready for the Jerry and Jerry show on Tuesday, August 8th. And a mom show that's going to be hugely impactful. That's all she wrote. 90 minutes without taking a break, 90 minutes without commercials, 90 minutes of only localized content that can never be taken out of context. It's the I Love Seville show presented by the Clifton on a Thursday.